The 80s were an era of musical excess, and photographer Mark Weissguy Weiss was there to document the biggest and most dangerous bands of the time. From Van Halen, Ozzy, Metallica, to Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, and Guns N' Roses, the Decade That Rock podcast will look back at the period's most historic music and moments through Mark's iconic images. New interviews with rock stars both old and new will give fans a backstage pass to the most hedonistic era in music. Along for the ride is me, Mark's co-host, Greg Alpern, music journalist, comedy podcast host, and 80s rock addict, and I'll help shape the conversation from a fan's perspective. Come with us for a decadent celebration of the decade that rocked. All right, so today on the Decade That Rocked podcast, we're talking to a guy who I've wanted to talk to as a music fan for years and years and years, um, David Fishoff, who started Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and joining us is Britt Lightning, who is the host of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and the guitar player, and Vixen, um, you know, and this is a great, cool op- uh, opportunity experience for me to talk to you guys, especially you, David, because as a fan, you know, I've always looked at what you've been doing with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and have been incredibly envious of the pictures I see on social media and across, you know, the internet and everywhere of all these guys that have had these amazing experiences and going to jam with, you know, rock and roll heroes that I haven't been able to afford to do that myself. Um, now working with Mark, I've gotten, you know, the opportunity to kind of talk through that experience. And, you know, I'm just really curious as to how you guys both know Mark. Well, I know Mark um, because in 1986, I was doing the monkeys at the Garden State Art Center. And Mark uh, approached me about um, getting a photo pass, I think. And uh, that's how I think I originally met Mark and then followed his amazing career and how he got backstage everywhere and um, and watch his persistence. And I think I've had a similar career, you know, just being, being taking our persistence, taking our chutzpah that we were raised with at our bar mitzvahs and, and using it to, uh, to get successful. And, um, you know, that's, that's what it takes in this world. And we're doing these master classes every night and as Britt can attest to, and it's basically hearing from not only the great musicians out there, but from these great record executives we yeah. had Jason Flom on and right. and Shep Gordon and you and it all everyone everyone the bottom line is number one is passion for what we do which I know Mark has unbelievable passion sure. and chutzpah and sure. really taking that Jewish word of chutzpah um, and getting it you know whether it's Shep Gordon telling the story on how he knocked over a wasn't selling any tickets for they weren't selling for tickets for Alice Cooper in uh, London and he decided to hire a truck and, um, and turned it over in the middle of, of uh, the biggest traffic jam in London and had it painted on it, Alice Cooper, America's Greatest Rock Star. He wasn't selling tickets that night on the news. <laughs> Alice Cooper, America's Greatest Rock Star's truck to stop all traffic in London. And 24 hours later, he sold out four shows at the wow. Royal Academy. So I, I think that we're learning every night when Britt is asking these artists, what, what gets you? What, how did you get this way? It's your chutzpah. Yeah. When I met David, I think it was, well, I met him, you know, like he said, uh, he, and he later on hired me to shoot the monkeys or the two of them that were, were that he was representing at the time, which was like an honor for me because I love the monkeys and to get that opportunity to, to work with them. So that, that was awesome. But then, when he started his first fantasy camp, I was, I believe I was at the first one in New York and, and, 
and I saw this guy that kind of, to me, didn't fit in at the time, just the way he talked to all the artists and how they kind of listened to him. And he, like he's saying, the chutzpah, it, it, it showed like right from the beginning from when I met him and, and I knew it was someone that I wanted to get to know. And, and, you know, decades later, we're still friends and we're still working with each other. Right. So, so David, what, what is a little, I mean, obviously you just mentioned you were managing um, working with the monkeys. Like what was your background that got you into managing a band? Well, I started in the, in the, um, in the Catskills. I always have to mention that, you know, because yeah. deep inside my, my passion is always wanted to be a, a Catskill mountain comic. Um, but, uh, that we're didn't in the go Catskills, well. the Concord. Uh, yeah, the Concord. Yeah. The Concord, Grossingers, you yeah, know, yes. and, uh, yeah. I booked those in the entertainment there for many years, oh, Grossingers. Wow. And then many of my shows, I, I started at the Concord. Uh, I would use that as a rehearsal studio, whether it was Dirty Dancing. The Monkeys tour started in the Catskills. Wow. I mean, when, 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 how did I realize the Monkeys were, were so going to be so big that year? They stopped all traffic starting on, on the throughway. So there were 30 exits till you got to the Concord. 105, I don't know if you remember that. The traffic, the day of the Monkeys concert was so big um that i said oh no this thing's gonna be huge and the people wow. sneaking in that that was the that, that's when i really realized it so starting the starting the castles and then i went to represent professional athletes um why am i why why is that happening david did you click something by mistake no it did nothing did Can you click the video button at the bottom where it says start video yeah no it didn't that, that just there you go you're good okay so um and then I started representing professional athletes and uh, I started booking them in the Casco hotel uh, camps and hotels and right. just started representing ballplayers. So uh, I picked up Lou Pinella and then Phil Sims and then a host of the New York Giants. And then oh, you know, wow. a bunch of, yeah, I represented uh, Vince Ferragamo and Hacksaw Reynolds. I had a, I had a huge sports business. And uh, then in, in 83, um, 84, I got a call one day from my, someone asked me if I wanted to represent the association. And I said, the association of what? <laughs> and uh, I never really heard of the band. Um, but I went out to California because I was sharing office space with Shep Gordon and all these music managers. And uh, we, um, I was the sports guy up there. Right. And Gary Kerfist was there at the Talking Heads. I see, see the Ramones walk by my office. We all shared space. It was like an open space. We all had the same accountant. And um, I got the idea that you know, I'd love to be in this music business. They all have these gold records on the wall and memorabilia. And I was just representing all these ball players. And the goal was to get them more money, you know, show me the money. Right. And it was honestly, I got bored. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I wanted to do something creative. And um, I took on the association and I created a, a tour called Happy Together Tour because uh, all these bands, I figured I put all these oldies bands together in one show and ask them to only play hits. And I did that 84, 85. And then I did it with 86. I did it with, I got the monkeys on a package. Right. And unbeknownst to me, on the seventh floor, I was on the seventh floor, 1775 Broadway. And on the eighth and ninth floor was this new fledging network called MTV. Right. And I would go up and down the elevator with a gentleman named Bob Pittman and Tom Preston who were running the network. And um, someone said to me, you know, MTV's playing 24 hours of monkeys. You should do something, you know, you should know about this. I ran upstairs to Bob Pittman's office and I said, Mr. Pittman, he says, aren't you the sports agent? I keep, you know, betting on the, on your players and losing. <laughs> it's a joke, you know, and, 
I said, yeah, but I also signed the monkeys to do a, one of my tours. And he said, well, sit down, kid. He says, I got an idea. He says, um, you promote my, my ad, my, my little, my fledging network and, and all your ads and as seen on MTV and um, I'll promote you on, on my network. So uh, I said, great. And we promoted each other. I go on sale and uh, in Detroit, and I was, buying, I was planning to sell my regular 2,000 to 5,000 seats for one of my oldies concerts. We went on sale and in the first day, we sold 30,000 seats in Detroit. Wow. 28,000 in Chicago, sold at stadiums, arenas. Yeah. There's all these little girls coming home and saying, uh, mother's yelling, where were you all day, uh, all night? So I went to wait online for monkey tickets. You, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the monkeys. Yeah, I remember that time very well because I used to come home from high school and watch the monkeys on MTV after school. And yeah, you know, right. And you know, it. You know, to me who grew up in the '80s, you know, there was that weird Brady Bunch, the monkeys. You know, like kind of familiarity because if I, you know, you grew up, you saw that episode. You know, very famous episode on the on the Brady Bunch, and then. Um, you know, the monkeys all of a sudden blew up popularity, this old band from the 60s on MTV, right in the height of, you know, what was happening on MTV. It was, it was weird. But I, I mean, I grew up in that time, remember it very well. I did not go to that monkey show at the Garden State Art Center. They uh, did not get enough credit that year. Yeah. I'm Mark, I don't know if you know, but, you know, I was friendly with Bill Zisplat and, um, you know, he, he represents the Stones. And, and I remember talking with him that year because he was my accountant. And I all these bands kept saying, you know what, if the monkeys could do it, we could do it. And so many bands got the idea to come back after the success of the monkeys. Mm -hmm. they, they triggered so much and they'll right. never get the credit. They'll never probably get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but uh, they triggered all the boy bands today. They triggered so many, so much of, of the entertainment. They, they're never gonna get the credit for it. Right, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Um... So when, when you do these, you know, obviously right now it's a little different with Fantasy Camp because of, you know, the pandemic, but how, how, how did that whole thing come together? Like, what was the, you know, how did that idea form? Like, I'm going to start, I'm going to bring all these rock stars together and let everyday people have an opportunity to come and jam with their, their musical heroes. Well, I got the idea when I, when I was on the Ringo tour, also the, the Garden State Arts Center, Mark, I don't know if you were at that show, but it was the, it was Ringo's first, uh, first tour there it was the fourth day of our of our tour and I put together Ringo on the all-star band and Clarence Clemens walks by my table and he says fish off I'm out of here no one could believe that I would put together an all-star package to tour with Ringo it's never been done before right. um, people always said oh you know you can do a benefit uh, um, a live aid concert a benefit concert but to tour the leaders of all these bands in one in 30-day tour they're never going to get along. And I said, no, they're going to get along. They're going to get along. And I would, you know, argue with everybody. And um, after the fourth show at the Garden State Arts Center, um, Clarence walks by my table at dinner and says, you know, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. I said, what, what are you talking about? And he says, I, we, these guys aren't getting along. Levon and Joe are having a fight. Joe Walsh, Levon Helm. And then all of a sudden, Nils Lofgren walks by the table. He says, Fish, I'm also out of here. Now, you have to understand, I mortgaged my home in Manhattan. Uh, I, I take out a mortgage of a million dollars and basically to pay down the deposits to the artist right. and to Ringo to, to, to launch this tour. 
And I said, oh, no, I'm just going to lose my house. It's the first thing that came to my mind. And then the next thing was, where's Ringo? Let him talk to these, all these people and get them organized. And I couldn't find him. I don't know where he went. And the security guard comes to me, and uh, I'm scared. He says, David, he says, uh, there's so much fighting going on. You better go down there and ch chase it, you know, fix it up. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, Levon and, and Joe Walsh are having this incredible fight. And I walk into the room, and there's Levon with blood on his hands and a knife in his hand, Joe Walsh with oh, a wow. glass bottle and more blood, and they're fighting over each other's songs. You messed up my song last night. I don't want to do this anymore. And I walk in, I say, you got a bunch of babies. I'm crying. I'm screaming at them with my voice. And they both pushed me, threw blood at me. And then they turned wow. their, they both turned around and stuck their tongues out at me. Wow. And they said, uh, you know, and I, I almost had a heart attack. And they filmed it. You can, you can Google this. If you go to Ringo Starr, David Fishoff on YouTube, you'll see that. Um, because Jim Keltner filmed it. And Dr. John is in there and Billy Preston. And they're all like making fun of me. And that's when I, that's when I came up with the idea of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. So for 25 years, we've been doing these, these camps and, and they've been amazing. And, and now during COVID, um, I kept thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get that feeling where you can jam with a rock star, meet a rock star? And that's when I came up with the idea to do these master classes. And Britt and I have been working together for the last uh, six months prior to that. She was attending, doing classes and she was, she was uh, a counselor, a mentor, rock and roll fantasy camp. And, and we got together and we said, you know, let's let's find a way that we can bring this um, alive, bring the feeling of rock and roll fantasy camp back to our campers. And that's when we created this masterclass program every night. Yeah. It, it's it been amazing. Awesome. So Britt, how you know, how did you get in the mix here with David and, and doing this? My my son actually took one of the master classes um, a couple nights ago. Oh, which one? Um, Eric Johnson. Oh, good. Did he what did he think? He, he's a teenager, so, and he's a guitar player and a drummer, right? And his musical tastes go across the board, right? And it depends on the day what he likes. But he's, he really likes Eric Johnson. So when I said pick a class, you know, whatever, that was the first one he went to. And I, you know, I knew what his reaction was going to be, but I let him make the decision. So he, he, you know, sat through the hour. Did you host that one? I did. You did. Yeah, Brett hosts them all. Yeah, okay. So he, he sat through it and he thought it was great, you know, the little bit that Eric played. But then he came out of it and he was like there's some hardcore Eric Johnson fans across the world, right? So like all, you know, all the questions and stuff they're asking just kind of went over his head because he's only 16 years old, but he, you know, he liked it. He thought it was a, it was a fun experience to see all these guys that were so much older than him from around the world that had this appreciation to the same guy that he is a 16 year old, you know, really likes his guitar playing. So, I, I'm kind of curious, like, how, how did you get in the mix with David? Like, what do you, I mean, obviously we know you from Vixen and, um, some other bands, I'm losing my mind right now. Um, but how'd you get involved? You know, what yeah, do you Yeah, no, I, um, oh, I did my first fantasy camp uh, in November and I was a counselor and I just loved it. And I had heard about camps just from other people and just from social media, seeing other, you know, rock star friends that right. I knew do it. And I was just like, wow, this seems like such a cool concept. I've never heard of anything else like this. And I love, you know, I love giving and sharing and everything, you know, talents and experience, anything I can. And so I, I was just like, I've got to find out more about this. And I, uh, I found David on Facebook and I messaged him and then I ended up doing my first camp. And like I said, uh, last November, and then, um, and then, yeah, we just said there were only a couple more and then the pandemic and then we right. started this. So it, but we really hit it off and, you know, I admire David so much and all his, uh, he's, 
incredible flow of ideas all the time and so enthusiastic and motivated and it's very inspiring and uh, I'm, I'm loving this. I mean, I can't imagine being happier during this pandemic. Doing yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, he obviously created something incredible for the people that have had the experience of being able to do it. And now with these master classes, bringing that, you know, to basically anybody really can, you know, that's a fan can certainly bring, it's a much more affordable experience, even though it's an hour, it's still something pretty cool to be able to sign on to a Zoom and talk to Ted Nugent. Right. Yeah. And it's almost more personal because it's like they're in their own environments too. They're either in their home or their home studio or something like that. And it really, Zoom breaks the geographic boundaries. I mean, people, we have people from Australia, Malaysia, China, Japan, just South America, everywhere um, calling in on these. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's uh, 4 a.m. my time, but I woke up early for you. And, right. you know, so happy to be here. And to what you said about um, your son, you know, it's not a performance. So it's not meant to be a lot of playing. It's more right like an informative experience. You can get yeah. the playing stuff on YouTube, you know? Sure. But but this is this is like really valuable information and and people get seriously personalized advice from these artists. Right. Like in the Eric Johnson class, somebody played their song and they were like, I don't know where to go from here. And Eric like played it back perfectly after only hearing it once because he's yeah, Eric course. Johnson. And um, just like went through further changes and was like, I'd change keys to this here. And it was just amazing. And it's like people, you know, <laughs> they're getting real direct personal advice. Right. So David, did, did you think that it would come to this? Like, you know, when the pandemic hit, were you a little nervous? Did you, it, it kind of happened generically? And, you know, uh, you know well, you know, Mark, I, I think you're, I think it happened generically. I, I think, you know, what's interesting is that, well, I think the artists are bored too. So I think Alice Cooper was amazing when, when I te we're texting him and, you know, he's on for an hour answering questions and he says, I got nowhere to go. And he stayed on for two hours. I think to me, that's been the biggest surprise. And to see Marty Friedman on for two hours and to see the guitar player from uh, Judas Priest, um, What's his name? Richie yeah. Faulkner. What an amazing guy. He yeah. stayed on for two and a half hours. To see these artists giving back and to, and to see... Now, what I love what you said about your son, that he went on, you know, what I noticed when we had Tom Hamilton on from Aerosmith, right. half the class were teenagers because yeah. it was their parents' bands. Right. So you see that these young kids are getting an opportunity to speak to these artists. And I keep saying to myself, listen to this amazing parents spend a quarter million dollars to send their kids to Berkeley, to all these music schools. And they're, they're, and I hope these schools don't get upset at me, but you're learning from people who haven't made it. Yeah. Now you're going to get the, get the truth from Eric Johnson, who's made it. Yeah, and he's giving you information. You can learn more for a hundred dollar class um, from these rock stars than you're going to learn anywhere because these people have made it. And right. I think that's what's, been a, uh, that's what's been incredible. Jason Flom the other day, was doing a, a master class and you know people want to get band they want to get their band signed yeah they want to get their band signed sure. i mean let's face it too you can talk to a president of a record label and right on the right on the spot he's listening to a band he says what's that band you know, and he starts listening to spotify he sees how many how many listens they have their name of the band the music he writes it down he says i want to show forward to my people you could never get this at right. anything anywhere before the the, the pandemic so I think it's been really great to touch it. And what I'm excited today to announce is that Roger Dolce is going to do one. Wow. And Styx is going to do one. Styx is going to do one and take the money and give it to their crew. Alice Cooper is going to do Halloween. We partnered with um, local radio stations. And um, we're going to have a big announcement soon. 
that we're going to be able to show this to over millions of, uh, you know, to reach millions of people to know about the classes. But I think on top of it, um, Britt and I have opened it up on Zoom to where you have those 25 classes where people can have the interaction um, with the artist, but there's going to be another 10,000 people who can be able to view them. Wow. And the radio stations today want, want to be able to, you know, give away, give away something. And yep. this is going to be the new ticket of concerts is to be able to talk to your artists and they're not performances, they're, they're advice right. and their knowledge. Yeah. And the stuff that the artists have been sharing have just been mind boggling. It's been, okay, I'm going to give everything I, all the knowledge I have for the last 40 years, 50 years in this business, and I'm just going to give it away and, not really give it away in a nice way, share it with people who really want to know how I felt when I wrote that lick, how I felt when I wrote this song. Eddie Kramer, what happened when Jimi Hendrix, you know, when you were in the studio with Jimi and he laid this down, how many times did you have to, you know, lay this down? And I, to me, that's what's been the most mind boggling is every night to get this information that you necessarily would never get. Yeah. Unless we were in COVID, right, yeah. Brent? Well, 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 you must have some I mean, exciting things. Yeah, I mean, and you don't get this at a meet and greet either. I mean, you Correct. go meet and greet, you know, go to backstage at a kiss show for a lot more money than this. You know, you shake hands, take a picture and you're out, you know? So you don't get to sit there and ask a personal, hey, can you help me with this song? Like, or, you know, listen to my band, tell me how I can improve. You know, it's just, it's been amazing. And, and, um, and I'm sure that you're going to hear stories in a few years of someone that you inspired that is going to have a successful career because of a little spark that you might have created. We have a young lady who, who, who's come on and she has been so, she's such a talent that one of the person who comes on regularly has been buying a spot for her because he just said, this girl needs to hear this information. You know, your, your buddy Gene Simmons, you know, he said, he says in, in our upcoming movie, he says, rock and roll fantasy camp should be in sixth grade in every class. I cannot tell you how many rock stars have said they wish rock camp was around when they were starting because they've learned so many lessons just even going when we did the live camps and the mistakes that they've made. You know, we, we've seen the business. You, they're all your friends. I mean, Sebastian Bach and, and um, Mark, you, you, you know, it's so amazing, Mark. I mean, the, the Zach Wild story is, is history. I mean, you gave Zach Wild his career. Um, yeah. Zach, Zach Wild's, you know, I mean, it's amazing what you've done in, well, your, in your career. Well, Zach, first of all, Zach was a talent and a force not to be reckoned with. It just so happens that we found him in a club just, you know, going to check out a local band. And I was with Sharon and Ozzy the next day. And did an introduction, you know, it's as simple as that. But, you know, it's fate. It's fate, talent, luck, perfect storm. Well, we're, we're, lear we're learning that every night and how this song became a hit on how this, uh, who played this song or how I wrote the song. The information nightly has just been incredible. And, and um, so, you know, and, 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 you know, the enthusiasm that I have is, is nightly, you know, after the, after the Zoom call, Britt and I just get on the phone and said, do you believe what he said? You know, isn't that amazing what he said? And I think we're both blown away what, what these rockers have said and shared with everyone. So, yeah, and, and now we're going to take them to the next level. I mean, I'm excited about Roger Daltrey doing it. And, yeah, that's amazing. Um, and he, Roger was saying, he said to me the other day, he says, well, wait, wait a few days till we, we're on YouTube and we're going we're gonna to put all our videos out there and the questions will be even deeper. So, I mean, he want, they want to share. Yeah. They want to share.
It, I mean, it really is awesome. And I mean, I'm assuming even post COVID when you can get back to doing the, you know, the camps, you're going to keep this going, I would imagine. Like Absolutely. This, yeah. And we haven't even talked about how you, how you get to watch these classes, but uh, just go to our, our website, rockcamp.com. Right. And yep, you, you can sign up right there and, uh, yeah. it, and you don't, yeah, it's all, all via Zoom. You don't need to, to download anything. You just click the link. You get sent the link an hour before the class and you click it and it launches automatically and, and you're in. You just you need a computer, a phone. And, a computer, you know, a phone, iPad. iPad you anything. You wouldn't believe how many people, don't, I mean, the word Zoom today is coming into the English language, like oh, tissues and like Xerox. and Sure is. But, but a lot of people, you know, when we first started this program, a lot of people say, well, what's Zoom? How do I get on Zoom? You know, anyone over 55, you know, I said, you don't do anything. Just get the link. Yep. Now, you know, and then what happens, we started on a smaller ticketing agency and then the CEO of Ticketmaster loved what we're doing. And so now we're on Ticketmaster. So wow. that's been, that's been fun. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this this is a a much bigger kind of business model that that is going to take this rock and roll fantasy camp to a much bigger, gigantic level. You know, and opening up. Yeah, you know, because I tell you, the truth of the matter is, these camps are really hard. Yeah, Um, they're hard. They're expensive to operate. Um, You know, you're flying all the talent in. You're setting up rooms. It's crew. It's not like uh, you know, like a rock band when they go through a two week rehearsal or the Stones go through a four week rehearsal then they're able to cover the cost of the next hundred shows that they're yep. able to, this is in and out and you're starting a rehearsal and then you got to close the door. So it's expensive, but I will tell you the lives that we've changed and the people, and I'm excited, you know, it will come out soon. We have a movie coming out in February. So we'll talk about that in the next uh, yeah, podcast. Sure. I, I, one of the things I would love to know is how, how you know, you obviously go out to people you've known in, music forever to take part in these camps and master classes is there anyone that you you know threw a request out to who you figured there's no way they're going to come do this and they surprised you and said yeah let's i want to be part of this well it started when i started 25 years ago it was hard you know right. no yeah, one was course. doing a meet and greet yeah, yeah no yeah. one would take a picture with an artist you know yeah. rockers go out the door last thing they want to meet so i have to credit roger daltrey you know once he started doing it then he you know once you get the credibility one does it the next one does it so um, I've had some amazing people. I mean, Slash to me was a great one. Right. You know, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame dinner. I bought a ticket for $2,000 so I could sit two tables away from him. And then went over to him afterwards and I said, hey, here's my card. I'd be honored if you would, you would think to do Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And he called me a few days later. So, um, so many of them, you know, they've come on. Jeff Beck to me was like, yeah, to get Jeff Beck, that was yeah. amazing. And... Um, you know, once he did it, other people started coming in and he was brilliant. Now, I got to tell you something. The biggest problem you have with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is that people are scared to come. Right. So how many people are scared to jam, to jam with Jeff Beck? There's <laughs> a lot of them out there. For sure. Um, so, you know, while you think, wow, Jeff Beck, how many, a lot of people are scared. So, you know, we have this running joke at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, uh, a week before camp is cancer week. It's a terrible thing to say, but the wife calls up and says, oh, my husband can't come because, uh, you know, his brother has cancer, his what? mother has cancer, his guitar has cancer. I mean, you know, they don't, they just lie, lie you know, yep. and it's just fear. But the ones who come, they go through such life-changing experiences. Britt can tell you, she's met these people and they are, they just, you, you do this camp, it's a process. And you will go through a life-changing experience that not only will your music career get better, 
um, or you'll learn to write songs, or you'll record an album, or you'll, you'll, you'll join a band, all that great stuff happens. Right. But your, your personal life will get better because you'll find your happiness. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So, Britt, I'm, I'm assuming doing all of these, you know, you, you're, you're in fantasy land, you know, getting to talk to all these people on a, on a nightly basis um, and then take part, obviously, in the camps when, since you've been in them since last year. But, like, who are, who are your rock and roll, like, influences and go-tos that, you know, you've been, you know, in awe of but then had an opportunity to, to either work with either, you know, as a member of a band or at the fantasy camp? Yeah, well, um, Eric Johnson was a big one for me for right. guitar. Sure. Um, you know, Eddie Van Halen was probably what, my number one what got me started with guitar. So David, you know, we, yeah. I got the yeah. <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, I mean, we did a Deep Purple camp. So Steve Morse was there and Ian wow. Pace. That was amazing. Yep. Um, uh, oh, we had uh, John Oates was at a camp that was really cool from a songwriting perspective and everything. And he's a great guitar player too. I mean, everybody, every talent that we've had at, at the Rock and Roll Fantasy camps are like top, top notch. It's, it's really been amazing. And the best thing about it too, like David said, it's a life-changing thing because you, yeah, you get over your fears or, you know, and it is for the, for the um, counselors as well. You know, they, they get humbled and they realize like, oh yeah, this is, I see that fire in you that I used to have or something. And that right. makes me want to get it back again. That's right. It's supposed to be fun and exciting, but yeah. now, you know, over the years it's become work. It's my job. But, yeah. but then you look at people that have other jobs and this is their dream and you're like, wow. Like I think uh, Sammy, Sammy Hagar says it, you know, I was just like you, but I got lucky. Right. And so it's amazing. Um, and you make friends for life. These people we've had, um, so many people have band reunions on these masterclass calls. Um, so they'll call up each other from their bands. They live all over the, the world right. or different states. And they'll say, hey, let's get on, you know, our, you know, Tony Franklin was our counselor. Let's get on his class and let's have a band reunion. And oh, that's I don't know, it's just like a love fest. It's been great. Right. I mean, it's, it's really uniting. And, uh, and I think we brought joy to a lot of people during this time when you can't yeah. go out. I think that's yeah. that's, a, that's a good one, Britt. Oh, you know, sure. Britt, but, but Britt got excited when we got Leo Nosatelli. The meters, you know, yeah. so, so that, that's really nice, too, because, you know, being a, a musician that she, that Britt is, and, and she combines that with, with a business degree and, and working in the industry, I think it's been fun because she knows, she says, I like that artist, I like that artist, and, you know, artists that I never, you know, never would have thought that uh, they would have mean, mean as much, and so it's been really great to work with her in curating this, uh, these lineups, and, right. uh, you know, it, it's, because we're getting calls every day. Uh, right. Can I my artist? Am I artist? My artist? And, we, and we're trying to be careful because a there's only a limited amount of time, limited right. amount of people, and um, so I, I think it's really been great is, is is just curating the right ones and and her music knowledge has been great and 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 you know like I said, so why this one? So he was he was influential. She came up with a great idea. Let's do women's only. We had a Lita Ford, a women's only. Brilliant. Sold out. One, two, three. We're gonna wow. do more of those um i thought that was a great idea so it, it's fun you know during covid a lot of people are depressed but yeah, you know we, we've it. been we, we've been we've been able to lift people's spirits lift right. our own spirits right yeah. even though we're awesome. on zoom yeah, it's really fun to that many people you know over the course of these courses is like just the joy that seeing their fame you know like I, there's one guy during I, when i popped into my son's class the other night that you could just see how he was like it could basically speechless like watching Eric Johnson like perform in front of him to 25 people and talk like Tom Hamilton's class where people screaming 
I can't believe I'm talking to you, you know, and you're right. Uh, Eric Johnson is just, what, what a, wow, that was amazing to get him. Yeah, yeah so um, humble. Vernon Reed was humble. another one I loved. Like Vernon Reed, amazing. Player, and and his, his class was so, um, like, spiritual and, you know, right. getting into the mindset of creating rather than technical stuff. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah, they've so, all been amazing. So, Britt, how do you know Mark? Oh, I, so I met Mark really through Vixen. Um, when we we did a photo shoot, well, we've done a couple photo shoots with you, Mark. Um, I and I think the first time was was it on Monsters of Rock Cruise? Yeah, we did that sunset shot, I think, right? Uh, yeah, really and then we, spontaneous and yeah. Yes, yes, and then we've done other shoots too at different another venue. I forget and and three and stuff. And but anyways, I mean, I grew up seeing Mark's pictures, you know when I was just learning guitar and getting into rock and roll and all the magazines and everything. So then to meet him, I was like, Oh my, I was like, we're doing a photo shoot with Mark Weiss, <laughs> the Mark Weiss. Like I was so psyched. Yeah, so. It, it's, it is pretty well. Cause I had all those pictures on my, my walls as a kid, um, you know, just Molly crew, everybody. And, you know, my mom would come in and be like, I don't get why you have all these pictures of dudes on your walls and spandex and makeup. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> you'll get it one of these days and she gets it very well now um but yeah it's pretty wild you know the, the guy is just an incredible um eye for what he does um and has shot some of the most incredible stuff over the course of 30 some odd years that it's pretty nuts iconic and iconic when, images yeah when I, when I saw Britt play i mean you know at first i shot her i mean she's hot and everything and then she's got the guitar and the way she moves i mean it's just it was awesome seeing her up there with the other girls. And then when I did the first photo shoot, you know, she kind of knew how to pose. She was, a, she was a good one. Uh, I don't know if she studied those old photos that I might've <laughs> taken a couple decades earlier, but she had it down and she fit in perfectly with the band. And, and then when I saw her on doing some promo spots with David, I was like, she's a natural. And I, and I had a feeling David was going to take her in and, and kind of uh, kidnap her. Uh, virtually, <laughs> sort of say. And I'm glad I'm, for both of you. I mean, it's such a great fit. And I, you know, everyone's, everyone's uh, doing what they need to be doing and, and getting more people involved and sharing, sharing the word. And it's great. I'm so happy for you, Britt, and proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, Britt has Brit so really taken, you know, it's, she's built up her, she's building up her fan base, the campers that, I like when these people come on. Hi, Britt. They, they, they thank her. They say thank her right up front. But I, I want to make a point. What's been also exciting about this, this time is that many of these artists um, have also been giving back. Like Alice has a great charity called Solid Rock. Roger Daltrey has a charity called Teenage Cancer America. Uh, Shep Gordon gives his money to the Maui Food Bank. Right. Um, Styx is doing it to give back to their crew. Um, so, uh, you know, we did a, a program with, um, a, a, a memory of, um, the drummer, uh, Buddy Rich and Neil yep. Pert, and that money went to the UCLA brain cancer research. So what, well, on top of it all, it's, you, you see people giving, giving back charity and, um, and so it's been, that's also been a lot of fun and, um, we've had some great ones. Well, we did done over a hundred of them. And we're going to keep doing them. The concept is to do them live. You know, we're not looking to, to do anything more than, you know, make it a live event every night. And uh, now with the addition of the radio stations and the bigger artists, I think we'll get more people. We hope that COVID ends. Sure. Um, but I, I think that, that even if it ends, it's going to take a while for us mm -hmm. to get back to the concert industry because the market is 
is basically people over 60, 55, 60, who have the money to go to Def Leppard and go to, my, yeah. you know, go to those stadium tours and who deserve entertainment. And I, I, think, I think people can be scared still. So this yeah. has been a great alternative. Yeah, it's awesome. So before before we wrap, I, I just you you know you've mentioned that there's a movie coming out next year. So you want to just give a give a quick little um, promo and blurb of what that is? Well, in February we're going to release a um, the film 25 years of the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It's called Rock Camp. Right. Uh, it was produced by a fellow named Doug Blush, who did 20 Feet from Stardom. He edited that. He had he won an Oscar uh, the Oscar film Inviticus. Um, he was the editor of that. He won an Oscar for producing a film called Period. Yeah, and 20 Feet of Sardom. And uh, oh, Doug, um, you know, he came with a vision of, uh, after a few editors, try to try to put together a, um, a movie, and he really he nailed it. And wow. um, I'd love to show you guys the, um, yeah, you have a second, I'll show you the, um, the trailer. And, um, but we could do it after we get off this podcast because cool. I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, but I'm excited about that. And, and hopefully we'll come on closer to the time um, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, with that, you know, you know, obviously I, I want to say thank you very much. It's been a great meeting you guys uh, and talking about this, something I've been a, a fan of, you know, for years and years and years. And hopefully one day I can take part in one. Um, and thank you for allowing my son to take part in one the other night. It was a thrill for him. And, you know, it's cool watching him have that opportunity. Um, and, you know. Did he get to ask a question? Did he ask questions? You know, he's really shy. So yeah. I don't think he actually asked a question. I don't think he even put himself on camera. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so well, funny. What's his name? What's his name? Sam. Okay. Sam. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember. So yeah, I don't think he asked a question. Um, but let him hang with Mark for a few days. He won't be so shy. Yeah, no, I know. I can't wait. <laughs> Take some good pictures of it. He's, he's got a, he's got a pretty good rock and roll look that he's formulating. It's a little confused between LA surfer and rocker and, and skate guy, but it's coming together. It's pretty good. And Mark, we should, we should send, you should send some books to us. We, we did, we're doing some giveaways. The Deftones uh, just sent us their t-shirts and, um, yeah. Listen, you know, we, we've, we've gone parallel, you know, you and I, you've gone as an artist, I've gone as a promoter, but yeah. it's been amazing to see the results of both of us, you know, you, those iconic photos. Um, they're, they're, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, really proud, I'm, I'm really proud of my book. It's, you know, five years in the making. I took my time. It's yep. on its second pressing. I, I can't wait to send you both a copy and let me know what you think. And it's a narrative. It's about... It's not not about it's not my personal life. It's about my personal life with rock stars, but it's it's really it it shows how that decade, how I how I visually kind of uh, you know streamed it through the through the decade, like through my photographs and how the visual uh, of these artists kind of progressed and digressed and ended up where it was. So it's it's like a little bit of a history book too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. And, 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 and I have to say, Mark, I wonder if you'll agree with me, but I've learned so much being around these people. And their knowledge of life is sometimes more, you know, than, 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 than people who've been out there in regular business because of the world of rock and roll, you've got to see it all. And, you know, you can learn a lot from a Paul Stanley. You can learn a lot from Gene Simmons. You can learn a lot from all these people um, because they've experienced the world. And you can learn a lot from a David Fishoff. 
Absolutely. Well, I learned from them, right? <laughs> I look at all those guys. I'm learning a lot from David Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. So stick around.